0: Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean.
1: And do you think that I would, wanted to sit here doing a podcast on a beautiful Saturday when I could be out shopping and having fun thoughts and baking cookies and doing all kinds of neat Christmasy things? Well you're just gonna get the benefits of my, my company anyway. So today I have a really special update treat. Um, I sampled Matt Taibbi's uh, Twitter Files release yesterday and I think it's got some important and pertinent information that cannot be missed, so I am going to soundboard it for you now. Um, of course, before I do that, I'm gonna invite people to the show. Welcome to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. If uh, this is your first time coming to the room, um, we are a podcast that has been kind of following a lot of the Great Reset matchups, digital ID. Uh, We've recently joined up with Truth Talk UK for for some of their content uh, and rebroadcasting. We had um, Sick for Truth, an editor over there here on the podcast earlier this week. Uh, You can go back into the archives and check that out at any time. So uh, I just wanted to take a time to invite more people to come to the podcast. And the way you do that is by going to the man plus at the bottom of the app and hitting invite. And then you can just call the people, call the cavalcade and have them come listen. So I'm going to go to my soundboard right now and I'm going to upload um, this conversation from TK uh, that they had, namely Matt Taibbi who's been key to the Twitter files bringing around important information about how your your personal information is trafficked to the federal government, laundered and put there uh, against your will and against your knowledge or consent, honestly. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that's not okay. It's not even really quite legal. And uh, no matter how they ha- do have an end around, you do have a role in the active consent to this so your lack of consent can can put a stop to it so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit so i'm gonna go ahead and save this as a public sound because i certainly can't say it's proprietary <laughs> this is merely a sample the whole interview is uh posted in the link section if you go to the box that says uh unsanctioned citizen and you just push to the left um, the whole interview with TK and Matt Taibbi is there. So I'm going to go ahead and go to that now.
0: But you well, know, for- so, so let let's let's circle let's circle back to the main body of this. You said we're beginning to get a pretty good idea as to how the censorship machine works, and uh, I know you have done some new reporting on that. You've examined new files and put things together in new ways and could you summarize what you're finding
2: yes yeah, so we're, we're getting like basically a general picture of kind of how information flows it's sort of roughly in a circle right so uh twitter on the back end it sells what it calls firehose information to these big um, private contractors like zero Fox and data miner. And so they're basically selling everything except your most private information, like all the stuff that's public. Um, and Are
1: those,
2: they selling
0: your location, uh,
2: I, I, I don't think they're doing that, uh, except in, uh, I think in, in what they would call very narrow cases involving, Criminal activity for specifically for the government. Right. Like that's not a a commercial actor isn't isn't going to get that. Probably Um, they may get it. They they may get that generally in terms of like ISP addresses, but not like your current location, like where you are with your phone. Um, But if I put up a picture on if I put up a
0: picture on Twitter, will they get that?
2: Yeah, they might get they might get that. That might be one of the things that they would analyze. I mean, I, these data sets are enormous, right? And, and they're sold in in all directions to everything from reputation management firms to hedge funds to to the government. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, so we know information kind of flows in big chunks um, out the back end and ends up in places like. Uh, the DHS, the Department of Justice, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Commerce, the Pentagon, which, by the way, can include the NSA. But it ends. But it ends up. But it ends up there after having
0: spent some time in these sort of black box intermediary data mining
2: operations. Right. Yeah. Like if you look, you'll see public contracts for companies like Data Miner. Data miner in twenty twenty got a two hundred and fifty nine million dollar contract um, just for the Air Force. Right, so these are huge contracts uh, for supplying supplying data, doing data analysis, that kind of stuff. Um, and there's there's tons and tons of them. Um, and we we've seen some chatter about this. Like there's one email uh, that I'm hoping to publish today uh, that says something along the lines of well we wouldn't give that to the FBI but we would we would do it for the d o d right um and so we know we know that there there's a channel where information is kind of going out but but the more interesting thing is right what we're finding out now is that that you know everybody knows the government does stuff like um analyzes data to try to figure out economic forecasts or track terror suspects or, you know, even updating, you know, maps for the military, that kind of thing. Uh, but what, they, what they're what they also definitely doing is mass analyzing and flagging for moderation individual social media accounts. Uh, so they're not just making recommendations at a high level about you know, maybe you should look at this or that for for Twitter. They're sending them gigantic lists uh, of of um, of posts, hashtags, videos, and essentially saying we'd we'd like you to take action on this possible violative content. And so, uh, they, I don't
0: know. they they meaning the government a- the, the, they meaning the government agencies are sending back to Twitter huge. Um, batches of recommendations that are in some cases granular enough to include individual tweets, very small accounts, and you know so
2: on. yeah, that's exactly what's good it's the FBI and they have about ten different routes that we've identified so far uh, of sending this stuff to Twitter. Sure. Uh, sometimes it's just like a personal letter to somebody they know at the FBI. Sometimes they they, they have weekly meetings with legal counsel, with people from the Trust and Safety Department. Mm. Um, they have a thing called Teleporter, which is like a platform where Twitter can go to upload reports from the FBI. Uh, and what you see and what we've got on these lists um, are long lists of requests you know, you know, we'd like you to take a look at uh, some accounts that may warrant additional action, is, is like language they would use. And then they'll send you a list of like 25 accounts. One of them was, was Billy Baldwin, oddly enough, um, the actor. Uh, but a lot of them were really small, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I reached one of the, these people and uh, his reaction was, was really funny, you know. He he said. My first thought was, you know, this is this got to be a prima facie first amendment violation. My second thought was, holy cow, me an account with the reach of an amoeba. What else are they looking at, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, there's just lots. What, is, of... what did the guy said? Or I I, I mean, it, it was it was something silly about the election. Like a lot of them were were related to. Hey, Democrats! If you you know everybody's got to get motivated, go out there and vote on Wednesday and really, really show them. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's the, it's the old joke uh, of get out there on Wednesday and vote. Um, when of course the vote's on Tuesday, right? That's election mis- misinformation. But right. Right. in so many cases, these are like satirical accounts, and the joke is sometimes in the account, right?
1: So, that's it. They were really flagging satire accounts and uh, small fry uh, for exemplary bad conduct. And there must have been an extreme zealousness on the part of the agency to kind of go after anybody doing these uh, perceived wrongs, perceived harms. You know, and it just says a lot about the, the... The thin skinnedness if you will, of our political establishment that, you know, they're weaponizing the DOJ. And I think that's become really, really screamingly transparent over the last six months. And so we can't have a Stasi secret police working at the Department of Justice. You know, there has to be a a transparent line between crime and not crime. So uh, there are things that were crime that occurred. And there were things that are absolutely non-criminal, like satire, that shows that these are humorless robots. Yeah, and they are bots. Um, and th- this is—let me look over here in the uh, in the comments. So we've got Chief's baby girl Miranda. I really wish they wouldn't do a Friday dump with with less traffic. Ugh, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of murderous. And and I'm gonna make a special request to Elon Musk and friends there to you please not do this on a Friday? Because it it just is totally like a weekend ambush. <laughs> I just saw a flurry of like a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just really invades the weekend and makes me work real hard. And and uh, you know I'm producing about four different uh, <laughs> four different pieces. You know all different ones, but this one is going to be really special because I'm. This show has become more or less the, you know, the Internet's a Government Service Contractor show. That's what this has become. And uh, I'm going to get get to supporting evidence of, of more of that, but Twitter is like, as I have said as soon as last week, it's, an, it's a perfect cross-section of what they'll be doing at Facebook Meta and other platforms right now. So um, we've got Flyover Man, which is... A I think it's justin that says maybe that's the point friday get, the info gets lost in the sauce and and you know it just depends maybe he's just trying to have you know maintain the attraction like a, like a twitter carnival trying to trying to get us to come into the machine like no no we have we have rotten news for you on a friday like getting fired before christmas <laughs> actually it's just the truth the truth in itself is a real attraction because it's our north star. It's what we use to kind of transform, uh, you know, lies and, and misconceptions into to what's real. So this has been a you know a particularly tough week for me because I've had to kind of redirect and say, okay, I have to to not make uh, corporate compliance departments an employment target anymore because all they're doing is committing to. Things that are essentially anti-American values and things that are illegal. The legal departments are putting companies right now, at tech, mostly technology companies, they're putting in the, them in a risk position because they signed on for a bunch of great reset reforms that included censorship of Americans for banal things, like small little tiny things, like, like making a joke on Twitter, um, just like you've seen. You know, the evidence is right there. It's depressing as hell. But we have to just say, okay, this is not what we thought it was. It's not what we thought it was. So we're gonna... If you go in the door, and you're a person who wants to hold bad actors accountable, you're gonna be shelled right back out and and, and a nice little Texas U-turn, as they call them. Um, Because they don't want accountability. They want the ability to spy on American citizens for, for things that are not bad acts, that for things that are not illegal. And they want the ability to arbitrarily kettle and punish citizens for things that aren't crimes and, and, and politically profile people who are, are free people. And it's proven. It's proven that these are, these are the actions that these Stasi secret police... Take, they're taking them. They've been taking them. There's a record of it, and uh, I hope it goes before Congress. Now, what else happened on Friday night was that there was a a room or a, a speaking room on Twitter in the Spaces development, and Massey Thomas Massey got up there and was speaking to you know a group of people, and his proposal was that th- there are departments that are. Staffed with your tax dollars if you're a United States citizen. They're staffed with your, your tax dollars and they are doing nothing but siphoning off this data. The stuff that, that that gets pulled down by Data Miner and say say sent to Palantir for the spread. Well, I mean DHS and FBI and DNI and all these other three letter agencies are, are parsing it and they're looking for bad actors. And these bad actors have been internally profiled based on political uh, affiliation. And you can't do that in America. I mean, they're doing it, but you know, it's an illegal act and they need to lose capital in these departments to pay for these things because it's not constitutional behavior and it's against our laws. So I want to talk about the Privacy Act of 1974 for a minute. There is an office dedicated to nothing, nothing but registering your consent or lack thereof over government processes and how they use your personal and public data, okay? If you are doing things that you believe are of non-consequence, like putting up a satirical blog from the Babylon Beat, that's an example. Uh, Making a joke about the elections, that is, you know, benign... Your 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 Twitter reach is twenty five people uh, or less. I mean, it's ridiculous. Go to that office. It's it's the uh, Privacy and Civil Liberties Office, and you can find it. Um, just do a, a quick search for it. The Privacy and Civil Liberties Office, and they're they're motivated by the Privacy Act of nineteen seventy four, which is a law that protects your interest. If you go to them, if you go to your Senate, if you go to your congressman and you say, I do not approve of these tech companies using my data to watch every iota of things that I do, you can tell the government directly and you can tell Twitter directly. And I'll tell you why. You can tell Twitter and you can tell Meta, Facebook, or any other uh, orifice of technology that's that's using and abusing your data in ways that that the government wants to use it, like it's they treat it like it's their proprietary cash. If they're doing that, you can go directly to the tech companies because when they do this, they're functioning as a subsidiary or as a government service contractor (GSC). Okay, when they do this, they are they are required to conform to the laws that apply to the government. So when you say no, I don't want my government data processed this way, you send it directly to their legal department. Send it to their legal department. And make no bones about it. If you send it to privacy, they're probably gonna send it to a box they never check. So you go look online and you find out where their legal department is, you go find the legal firm and you make sure to jettison your communication over there. Okay, And send the exact same communication to your elected officials that are responsible for this office. And send it to the Privacy and Civil Liberties um, Agency at the Department of Justice. That's the agency that you have to make sure that they don't do this to you. Because they're taking so much license. And that's what you can do. That's what I'm supposed to tell you as an activist, as somebody who who wants privacy and civil privacy to stop being this fascist ping-pong game, you know, filled with redundancies and redundant programs between DHS and the FBI, and now these transnational data flows. So here's what Biden did this week. He knew, they knew, that as soon as this got out the gate, which it was going to happen, it was going to happen, um, there was the issuance Of The Intelligence Community Directive 126 That is in the sauce If you go up to the box that says The Unsanctioned Citizenship Push to the left It is the first one It is a direct um, public communication Like from the PIO Of this uh, The DNI office I sent this to Snowden So I'm just going to read to you what it says And then I'm going to get to some comments and calls Hopefully So, the issuance of Intelligence Community Directive 126. Implementation procedures for the Signals Intelligence Redress Mechanism under Executive Order 14086. Today, ODNI, and this was December 14th, a couple of days ago, released to the public. Intelligence Community Directive 126. Implementation procedures for the Signals Intelligence Redress Mechanism under... Executive Order 14086. The directive governs the handling of redress complaints regarding certain signals intelligence, meaning anything beaconing from your phone or the internet, uh, as required by Sections 3B and 3Ci of Executive 14086. This is all very technical. It specifies a process by which qualifying complaints may be transmitted by an appropriate public authority in a qualifying state pursuant to Executive Order 14086. Additionally, pursuant to the same executive order, this directive authorizes and sets forth the process through which the ODNI, Civil Liberties Protection Officer, shall investigate, review, and as necessary, order appropriate remediation for a covered violation. Okay, because some of this stuff we're going to get into violent material. They're going to be reaching for healthcare records. Which is something that has happened in the past. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example: Web Web three or the the type of you know integrated web that's coming through Meta that that integrates payment systems <clears throat> for routine operations for information online. Like say say you want to pay for someone's journalism. You know they they read a story. You're like I'm gonna plunk down two dollars and change online cash for that. Okay, and it's not not yet a CBDC coin. You know, maybe it's crypto, maybe it's just you know your your Master Charge or your Visa. You know, your little your little green dot card that you're like, hey, yeah, I'll pay that. So we're talking, we're moving into an area where you know we want to pay for more things online. We want it to be secure. We want it to be encrypted. But um, I'll, I'll get to the digital ID piece of this in a minute. So these covered violations, they're trying to, to funnel all records into one centralized space. So the centralization of data will include at some point your health records and that, that's what they want. They wanna collate all, all vectors of identifiable information into one space and that way they can micromanage all the things that you do in that space. You know, here's, here's a perfect example. Now I get to whine about MasterCard. MasterCard has released something called Greenlight, the Greenlight app. And what it does is it's coaching parents to, it's soft selling them on surveillance of their children. And what they're doing is they're co- you're getting you to coach your children on how to be surveilled by transaction. So they want the children on a credit line you know, as soon as the parents will give it to them, we're all signs, all sorts of little online transactions. So you're, you hand your 12 year old a little, you know, green light app, you know, credit line that they use through their phone. Okay. But it doesn't just do that. It micromanages their location and transaction. And it gives you the ability to not just put more money in their account, but to veto their transactions. From, like, like a Wizard of Oz. So your mom, it, it's like having your mom stand next to you while you you buy a brownie in line, and your mom's like, "I don't want you to buy that brownie, so I'm going to veto that purchase." And I never had that happen. Like when I was out running around with with you know cash in my pocket as a kid that I earned, okay, and I didn't put it on like this this uh, online vehicle. If my mother was with me or my parent was with me they said, well, I, I really don't want you to buy that, then, you know, you just wait till the time when they weren't there and then you would say, this is my purchase of my money. I'm going to get what I want because I earned it, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mowed six yards this week. I'm going to buy a brownie and eat it. So, <clears throat> but, you know, if they were standing right next to you, they would try to tell you not what to do, not, not to do with your money. And this actually puts the, you know, this cuts a kid's ability, autonomy, right off. So they're, they're, they're training them that a systematic actor whom you cannot see has a remote control on your finances. They're trying to get parents to buy into this and train their kids on transactional surveillance and sanctions on their phones. So this is where it's going. This green light app is part of this, and also, they're a part of a coalition. Mastercard is part of a coalition of over twenty organizations that are. <laughs> they are. Uh, let me see here. It's uh, AT and T, CVS, Discover, Equifax, Experian, FaceTech, a biometrics company, IDMe, Idemia, J.P. Morgan Chase, Lexus Nexus. No surprise there. They run your TSA information for clear at the airport. Mass Mutual, MasterCard, Microsoft. Not a surprise either. Norton LifeLock, unfortunately. OneSpan, PNC Bank, Ping Identity, TransUnion, Unicent. Unicent, sorry. U.S. Bank, Wells Fargo, and Ubico. The coalition, this is from news from Reclaim the Net. It said the coalition is encouraging states to make their Department of Motor Vehicles the core of developing and maintaining digital ID systems because these departments are central to each state's identification systems. So they're gunning straight for the, the the driver's license. Okay, and so we have, again, I've reported in the past, Apple's making, you know, further push into digital IDs with driver's license now in Maryland. Okay, so they're going to just keep expanding state to, state to state to state to state to make sure that digital ID is the new real ID? They couldn't get you know the state to enforce it, but they're trying to get the the paymasters inside of like the phone and transactional you know circuitry to do this and enforce this because they've been able to do that by the hidden hand of uh, the market. The huh. so it says the second recommendation is the updating of vital records. Okay, these are like your what they call your breeder documents, your birth records, those sorts of things. And having these bureaus create an attribute validation services. So you're only who I see you are if TransUnion Equifax says I say that you are who you say you are because I'm a credit company. Rather than, okay, these are my documents, they're real, they're true, and I don't need this to buy your stuff. It's like, no, we have to make sure it's you before you buy that rinky-dink thing from China at Target. Okay, so these rec- records include birth, death, and marriage databases. The third recommendation is for state officials to stop fearing or doubting digital ID innovations like digital driver's license, Oh, 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 oh. Uh, which can encourage wider adoption by the general public. Nobody wants to do this with you policymakers should also make sure digital digital ID systems meet government and industry standards fourth policy recommendation is for government to ensure the government to ensure 100% 100% participation in digital IDs by targeting marginalized populations oh that's going to go over so great you know every black person who wants to like just say you know I want to be a secret right now why don't you leave me alone Uh, Every Native American who's ever been You know, tackled by You know, an FBI for being Native You know, is going to say, you know, please go (laughs) You need to go Stick it where the sun don't shine You know they're not going to be happy about this People who want privacy Are like, excuse me? (laughs) And insuring This is an insurance The government is going to make them feel Nice and cuddly uh, ensuring that they get some, some same attention as the others So everybody will be In the same equity system We'll all be the same We'll all be suffering the same dystopian future together Oh, under Using a mobile driver's license This sucks This just sucks Okay, I'll I'll take some calls if there's gonna be be any Who's with me? Gabriel and Miranda So, Flyoverman just took off Let's see here says, maybe to that point, Friday info gets lost in the sauce. Well, I think, I think that, that that is a far gone point. So, uh, does anybody else have anything to say? Gabriel, Miranda. Okay, I'll take that as a consensus of no. So, with that, we've been here uh, in a good 30-minute jag. I want to say thank you guys for joining us here on the Unsanctioned Citizen Saturday podcast. And um, I'm really appreciating that you're here. So one last comment from uh, Chiefs Baby Guru. Yeah, we are giving up our rights, our weapons, and our trust of the government again. Like, I'm right there with you, my friend. So thank you again. Um, Get on your Christmas hoss and go have some fun times. You know, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom and Twitter files and you know (laughs) all dungeon So I appreciate you every time you're here. Uh, bring your friends, and um, we'll see you next Saturday.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Podomatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and Call-In. Please stay in touch. We want
1: to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.